Hey, what's up guys? It's Dr. Devantan and I'm a child forensic psychiatrist. I'm also a father. Welcome to the Huddle Wisdom Podcast where I like to talk about the tools that you need as parents to make parenting a little less mysterious. Uh, the problem is that when our children were born, someone forgot to send us the accompanying PDF instructional. Me and my wife, me and my wife have asked, uh, we're still waiting for the instructional to arrive. Um, I don't think they're going to send it. Never mind, we've got each other, my friends. We can get through. We can get through together. Hey, shout out to my friends in Singapore. You guys are now tied with my friends here in New Zealand for the top listeners for this podcast. But where is Malaysia? Nowhere to be found. Come on, guys. Today I want to talk about explosive kids. Pow. Pow. You know, kids who struggle to regulate their emotions. They go from uh, zero to a hundred in nanoseconds. They get triggered by something, something idiosyncratic, something that you can't see, something that isn't obvious to you. You're tearing your hair out. It can take our kids such a long time to settle and uh, it's very hard to to witness, to observe, to, to be a part of uh, their struggle when they're exploding. And sometimes in the wake of the destruction that they've created, not through any fault of their own, they might turn around at us we're frustrated, we are just emotionally spent, we're on the floor crying. And then they look at us with absolute innocence and sincerity. They say, oh, hey, dad, can we go get some bubble tea now? As if nothing happened. Did they, I mean, did they forget that they just destroyed the living room? Am I crazy? Are they nuts? You know, what the Helio Gracie is happening here? Okay, so first I want to tell you that there is hope for us. And if you stick around, I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you what we do about this. So how do we make sense of this? That's what I want to talk about first. And then we can talk about uh, what we can do about it. Okay, so first... First, we need to understand we, we, we are all designed with an alarm system. It's very efficient, maybe too efficient for our convenience. <laughs> uh, but it's not helpful to have an alarm system that's slow to react when it senses threat. All human beings have a threat threshold. Right. So when we perceive that there's a real threat or an imagined threat, it's important that our alarm system reacts quickly. 
otherwise why have it okay so we were all designed with this system installed into us it's old programming very old programming but it works and like i said it works too <laughs> too well sometimes just too well Darn it. Old programming, modern times. Old programming designed to help us survive, fight, fly, freeze. Obviously, modern times, it's not helpful to fight your keyboard. Shout out to all the keyboard warriors out there. Smashing the keys. Ugh, I'm angry at random guy on Twitter for saying something that's offended me for no great reason. Ah, smashing the keyboard. Punching the screen. Right? Punching the wall. Punching people left, right, and center. Obviously not that helpful. But our bodies want to do something. We want to rage. We want to uh, move our bodies in a way to discharge. Uh, discharge energy. There's a critical point at which the mind and the body determines whether a stimulus, whether real or imagined, is a threat or not. And that threshold shifts with time, age, maturity, tiredness, hunger. Personality factors also uh, are important. Um, but it also changes depending on the context. The, the, the threshold changes according to the context. That's why sometimes parents uh, ask me, or sorry, they come to me confused. They say, you know, my kid is totally fine at school, in parenthesis, maybe, uh, and then it all blows up at home. This is crazy. What's going on at home? Home is so much more carefree and relaxed. Is it? How do you know? Everyone has a threshold. Sometimes it's not obvious because we don't tell people what our threshold is. It's just something that our alarm system perceives automatically. Once a signal crosses over to the red zone, it's all on, like dun Donkey Kong. I was just about to say Donkey Kong. Donkey Dong, ding, da dong, ding. The alarm is on. All systems are go, flight, fly, freeze, body responds, poo and pee. Fight, fly, freeze. Okay, it does things to survive. That's what it does. You can't stop it. It's going and it's going and then it will stop when it stops. It's like a cyclone. You can't you, you, you can't stop a cyclone. You, you, you can only wait until it passes. So you have to batten down the hatches. Make sure you've prepared. Because if you've not prepared, you know then you're in some trouble. There's no other way to put it. When you hit the red zone, it is all on. 
you cannot stop it. You have to wait for it to pass. But there are things you can do. And what those things are is number one, don't feed the cyclone. Don't feed the storm. It's not helpful for you to get angry. You might be angry, but don't show your anger. Maybe in some alternate universe, kids who are in a state of absolute rage and distress might feel calmer in the face of another person that's also raging at them. Maybe in an alternate universe. You can't solve this with getting angry. You know, you don't say, Ooh, I know I'm going to get angry because anger helps the situation. It's not helping. I'm going to get even angrier. Ugh. Ah! Number one, you have to control yourself. Number two, safety first. <laughs> that should be number one, actually. Safety first, control yourself. Safety first, what I mean, sometimes, of course, if there is serious physical threat or danger to others or themselves, you, you have to do something. Um, you might have to um, restrain. Okay, no, <laughs> no bones about that. I mean, so, sometimes you just have to. I hope I don't get into trouble for saying that. Um, I'm not condoning violence against children. That's not what I'm saying. If your kid is running across the road in a rage, in a fit, of course you're going to go and grab them, right? Yeah, of course. That's not controversial. You need a checklist. Um, for example... Um, H-A-L-T, the HALT checklist is a really good one to keep in your, to store in your brain. Um, are they hungry? Are they angry? Are they lonely? Are they tired? Remedy those things if you spot any of those. If kid's angry, sorry, hungry and they're having a meltdown, shove a donut in their face. I'm kidding. Shove a carrot in their face. You have to wait until the storm passes. Now, this is when the work really begins. Waiting for the storm to pass is the easy part, believe it or not. Now, you must actually put in some effort. Believe it or not, you actually need to put in some effort. If you want to reduce the frequency of cyclones and storms in your life. When it comes to your kids, you know, you, and I'm sure they also want to reduce the frequency of these things. Because it can be disruptive, can be destructive. It can rupture relationships if you're not careful, you don't manage it. Um, so it's very important that you create a map. Of your child's friction points, the trigger points at home, at school, in their activities, in their friendships. And then you have to think, are your kids 
skilled enough or mature enough to handle whatever is in front of them in those settings. Okay? If they are not yet ready, then you have to avoid whatever situation it is that's causing that friction for now. I'm saying for now, not forever, because you will come to address that when they are ready. But Devin, didn't, didn't you once say, when you quoted Jonathan Haidt, prepare the child for the road, and not the other way around, not the road for the child. Yes, I did. But let me ask you this. Are you going to let your child climb Mount Everest? Of course not. Are you nuts? There are levels to this. Levels that your child needs to reach before they can approach a challenge like that. The next part is interesting because it simplifies what you're trying to achieve, which is to reduce the frequency of storms or the damage caused by storms. Every child has a stormy reaction. When they meet a problem that overwhelms their capacity to skillfully cope generates friction it, friction is generated and when you get enough friction you might set something on fire so you need to think about how you're going to solve problems it sounds so simple it's not easy life is full of problems most blow-ups are caused by problems lots of problems it sounds so trite for me to say it like that but it's true. So, I'll repeat myself. Children have blow-ups when they're in a situation where a demand from the environment, from the world around them, the people around them, or there might be an internal demand and expectation that they have of themselves, when those demands overwhelms their capacity to deal with those demands, that's when you get friction. When you get enough friction, you get fire. And then you might get an electrical storm. You get some something going, the alarm system goes off, red zone, and away you go. So, how do we teach our kids to solve problems? Well, first of all, you have to make the problem. You have to make sure that the problem is something that they can actually solve with the skills that they currently have. If they don't have the skills to do that right now, park it or help them to get the skills to solve the problem. Johnny comes home from school. It's been a tough day. And then Sally, his sister, looks at him funny. And then he has a meltdown and he starts hitting her, right? And then she starts hitting him, and then he starts hitting her again, and then he gets blamed for hitting her. That's a problem. That's a problem that's worth solving. How do you know it's a problem worth solving? Because, well, I mean, they're fighting, physical, physical fighting. That seems pretty important to solve. 
you'll figure it out when you when you think about um meltdowns in this way storms in this way you need a system you need a model and i'm giving you a model and a framework for solving emotional storms sorry i'll rephrase you can't stop emotional storms but i'm gonna give you the model this is the model to help you reduce the frequency of emotional storms it's a top-down view of something that you can get very deep into the weeds about um, because it also taps into um, the need for you to be empathic to have unconditional positive regard for your child but you you stand a better chance of helping your kids if you uh, have that attitude um, so um, I digress but you know a problem is worth solving because it causes the most grief for you choose a problem that causes the most grief for you you know what is the top three four five six seven eight nine ten problems pick the first one park the rest for now I'm serious about that park all the other problems save for the one that's most important to solve focus all your energy and an effort on solving that one problem there's enough problems in the world for your kids to worry about they don't need to have you helping them to solve multiple problems at the same time because that just creates stress makes them tired makes them more likely to have further storms down the road just one problem oh johnny forgot to take out the trash who cares leave it for now tackle that later yes okay you might have smelly kitchen you might have more dishes in the sink who cares who cares for now kids love this because um it means <laughs> it means for a while they get to shirk some of their responsibilities but only on the condition that you work on the most important problem in your household that needs to be solved and it has to be done collaboratively okay you all have to agree what is the most important problem to solve going back to the other one before i was saying if johnny's hitting sally and sally's hitting johnny obviously that's really important we have to agree now what uh what is a good model for going through some problem solving uh i like to think about the step protocol it's a great structure it's very easy s say what the problem is it means you have to be very specific about the problem the who the what the when t think of feasible solutions generate a bunch of solutions that might work and then e execute the solution that makes the most sense and then p prune prune away the solutions that did not work revamp tweak the problem sorry the solution uh that might get you close to resolving the problem the problem 
might need to be refined in the way you describe it, in the way you understand it. Or the solution stinks. You know, repeat the step protocol over and over again. If you run out of energy, take a break. Come back to the problem later. There's no shame in that. Um, but you must persist. You must persevere in solving the problem. That one problem. And you have to stay calm. Devin, how does all this help? Believe me, it helps. But it's a long game. It's a long game, but it's worth playing. Why do we do this? We do this because we love our children. We want to preserve our relationships with them. We want to make sure we maintain connection with them throughout their lives. We don't want to stuff our relationships up with them because because we just don't these issues will test your resolve and your relationship but you have to control yourself you have to model the calm it's simple it's not easy but that's where it's really useful to listen to podcasts, um, not just my own, of course. You can, you know, it's also useful to join community groups um, because parenting is a corporate affair, I, I believe. And we're all in it together. And that's why I've called it huddle wisdom, you know, because we all have to huddle together as parents. And if we can do parenting well, um, I think it makes the world a much better place. Now, I get into more depth with a lot of this stuff in uh and I want you to tr I invite you to try the free material, the free training material, um huddlewisdom.com forward slash get tools, um where I, I give you um a lot more depth about how you can manage emotional storms. So I invite you to do that. It's free. Um, go and check it out on the website. Um, oh, by the way, there's also still more um, uh, courses um, that are available for that. Sorry, with that special offer where you just pay what you want. There's a few more. I think it's like five or six more or something. Click on the link. Um, try your luck. You might get lucky. Um, pay what you want. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. But um, go check out the free training material first. Um, Hopefully you, you get something out of it. I have to update it because it's a bit old now. Um, but um, yeah, I think you'll get something out of it. And I believe that your children will thrive. You will thrive. And um, it's a win-win. Win-win for everyone. Okay, my friends. I hope that you found that helpful. I trust that you have. Um, I, uh, I would appreciate... Um, if you um, leave a review, um, you know, five stars would be great. Good for my vanity, at least. Um, my friend Bobby said that maybe it doesn't matter so much if people rate it or not, because you want to kind of grow it organically. Um, and I think that's true. Bobby, if you're wrong, um, I, I, it's your shout next time. We'll catch up, okay? 
Um, Alright, my friends, it's uh, Devin Tan here, child forensic psychiatrist and my dad, host of the Huddle Wisdom Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your listenership, your audienceship, your ears. Uh, go well, be well, and um, yeah, hope to you next time. See you, my friends.